0: i'm uh, I'm Adi. I'm with uh, Adobe and I'm really thrilled and excited to to share our experience in running, actually migrating and running Kafka to, to Kubernetes across, across uh, multiple clouds here at uh, Adobe. Um, Melissa mentioned that currently there are, I mean there's a majority of people, 90 percent of our users agrees that Kubernetes, can uh, can host stateful services. That was not definitely the case three years ago when we started this journey. and I think the, the the ratio I didn't have the hard data, but I don't have the hard data, but I guess it was only five or ten percent of users agreeing that Kafka can oh, stateful services can run on Kubernetes. But we took that uh, you know hedge, uh, And uh, we are really thrilled that we made uh, the right decision back in the days to to select Kubernetes as an underlying uh, runtime for for our Kafka stateful service. Um, A bit of background of, you know, about myself. Uh, I'm with Adobe for for 10 years. Right Right now, I'm a principal scientist. With the Adobe Experience Pla- Platform Group, and I led uh, various uh, various big data teams throughout my career. Here, back in the days, I I, I ran Hadoop, HBase, and more recently uh, Kafka. Uh, why I'm here uh, is the uh, the reason I'm here is that I, I, I was one of the lead architects of the of this transition of our Kafka infrastructure to, to Kubernetes. Uh, and today, I'm really going to share a couple of points uh, with, the, with the community here. Uh, first of all, I'm starting with a, a bit of business context, where we are operating here, uh, uh, Kafka at Adobe. Then I'm going to share a bit of the thinking when we started this, this process of migrating our previous Kafka infrastructure to, to Kubernetes. So the, the guiding principles. Then a bit of the uh, Kafka operator, the Banzai uh, Cloud Kafka operator, we are using uh, to, to drive all these uh, deployments. Then the lesson learned, right? And uh, there is uh, one uh, particular, uh, you know, principle, this mechanical sympathy I'm, I'm going to share with you. Let's get into the, the, the main content. Uh, Adobe Experience Platform is, is the business we are uh, running here. Uh, at Adobe is really the flagship product in our digital marketing group, offering our customers a way to ingest, collect the data into into our platform, and then derive value out of it using capabilities like personalization, or, uh, you know, optimize the journey, orchestration campaigns, and all the the marketing capabilities the customer are looking for. Behind the scenes, Kafka is really playing an important role, right, is the, if you want is the is the 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 core infrastructure allowing this data to be ingested and be uh, uh, traveling across the, the, the globe we are running 14 uh, 14 regions right throughout the the, the whole uh, the whole map um, and as I mentioned we are in three clouds right we have our private cloud Amazon and Azure. and in total we are running uh 25 uh, production cluster kafka production cluster the scale is i would say is really big in terms of uh, kafka today more than 300 billion events uh accumulated per uh, per day uh, close to one terab- uh, petabyte of day uh, of traffic in and out and close to two terabytes of uh of data stored uh, at any point in in time um now we We've been running Kafka for quite some time at Adobe, right? So it's probably uh, 10 years now. But when we started this migration, we really, to, to Kubernetes, we really looked uh, at the Kubernetes as the equalizer in terms of infrastructure, right? So we really want something that can allow us to, to run uniformly the, the deployment of our Kafka across different clouds. Different clouds being a, a must, right? It was not a nice to have for us, was really a must because this is our hosting strategy here, um, and we tried to lay out some principles, right? Some some architecture principle. We wanted an infrastructure which is elastic, flexible, and scalable, uh, while still uh, remaining cost effective. Then, of course, operationally, we want to be resilient and disaster recovery ready, and have all the, the tenants of a uh, you know of. Um, Good run uh, system having all the monitoring and alerting as a code and uh, the deployment and all the operation driven in a GitOps uh, GitOps manner. Now looking at these uh, guiding principles and requirements, if you want, Kubernetes really fit the bill here and was no brainer for us back in even back in the day to 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 select as a as a uh, as a runtime. Now, uh, because we, we wanted to really be fully and, and, uh, and be future-proof, right? We, we tried to select the, the, the best uh, methodology and framework to run this, uh, this service. And at that time, the operator fr- uh, framework was already a thing, so we, we selected that. Um, but looking, and, and by the way, this is something that can apply to any operator and it's, it's part of the operator capabilities shared by the operator framework. We try to compare various operators across different levels of maturity, right? And uh, Kafka operator, the cooperator, which is uh, um, um, maintained by, by Banzai like Cloud, uh, now Cisco, uh, Fox, uh, really was for us the the one that fit all the, the the requirements so we we opted for for that operator there are other you know well maintained operators like confluent or StreamZ. by by all means you should look at uh, all those for us uh the the cooperator was the the chosen solution for for our uh for our infrastructure, and we, meanwhile, uh, also became uh, you know active contributors to to that code base. This is really the high level. I'm not going to insist it's something that you can you can check, but it's really the you know the uh, an operator using Prometheus and Cruise Control, which are already something that is being used in the Kafka community to drive all the all the Kafka operator. It's a Maybe it's, it's worth mentioning that among all the operators, a cooperator is the only one that stayed out of stateful set. Uh, when you look at the stateful service, uh, the stateful workloads, you may see a couple of, you know, a bunch of operators making use of stateful sets in Kubernetes. While this is awesome because if you are using something high level, it's also posed some, some challenges when operating or trying to fine grain operate uh, complex uh, systems like, like Kafka. In this case, operator opted to manage individual pods, where each uh, Kafka pods, Kafka broker can be surgically managed in case of uh, you know any any operation. So that's that's really in the end, I think a, a powerful uh, a powerful capability. Now, in terms of deployment, how we deploy this. Um, we have multiple. We have the, the the operator, of course, deployed in the in a management uh, namespace, and it can operate multiple Kafka deployments. So the right hand side deployment uh, uh, namespace can be replicated and uh, and watched by a single uh, by a single operator, of course. That that's a uh, that's a. A nice capability any operator has in uh, in Kubernetes, and uh, bottom side we have the the monitoring namespace, which is uh, delivering the observability capability for for this. Now, that's uh, kind of you know sums up how we got here. What were what was the the, the thinking around selecting the the right operators? And now I'm going to share the lesson learned while doing this, right? And you probably know that this uh, famous uh, quote from uh, Jackie Stewart, which uh, was uh, a former racing driver, which said that you don't have to be an engineer to be a racing driver, but you need to have mechanical sympathy. And I think this translates very well into our engineering space, right? You don't necessarily, uh, you know, to be a Kubernetes administrator, to run Kafka, but you need to have mechanical sympathy, meaning that you need to understand how the underlying platform Kubernetes works in order to you know, exploit exploit it to, to its maximum capabilities. So that's that what uh, what we tried to enforce throughout this uh, whole uh, journey. Um, and what we learned, right? So when running pers- uh, uh, stateful services, of course you need Persistent volume right so that was kind of the 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 basic uh, the basic research we uh we look at and uh, of course you have this across multiple clouds in our cloud uh, in our case we are using gps azure disk and VSphere in our private clouds um but that doesn't mean they're just selecting any pvc storage class is uh, is the right thing to do so we had to look at the right configuration for each individual persistent volume right so for example in in uh, amazon you in order to avoid burst uh, io you need to go above a certain uh, a certain disk capacity in this case 300 gigabytes to have guaranteed uh, iops um, the other the other quirk we learned is that Volume binding mode is better if you select wait for first consumer, meaning that uh, when you attach uh, a PVC like that, it will delay the, the binding of the distal node until the pod is actually scheduled. So that gives uh, you know a much faster uh, start type time for, for our uh, Kafka pods um, in, uh, in our case. Um, what else? Kafka already has the notion of racks so we map it to availability zones right so kubernetes already has this uh uh, nodes, uh, uh zone exposure so we just had it to configure it via a node selector potenti affinity right uh, as you know uh, kubernetes is doing a great job in uh, in uh, in isolating cpu and memory but not necessarily the io right io io isolation is still something being worked on in kubernetes um, and uh, when it comes to stateful services, we opted for pod anti-affinity as a, you know, as a way to implement this because in this way we can avoid uh, multiple Kafka brokers uh, you know, uh, contending or sitting on the same uh, underlying node. Uh, the other, the other uh, technique you can use is to have dedicated worker pools for these stateful services works well depending on, on your uh, architecture um request and limits, right So uh, we uh, we eventually uh, set requests equal to limits just to have the pod uh, placed into the guaranteed scheduling class, which gives you a more priority uh, um, compared to burstable uh, and best effort, effort scheduling class. Uh, of course at the at the pod level, pre-stop and um, uh, and shutdown hooks right are very important. Uh, because it gives you a way to cleanly uh, drain the, the, um, the pod, or in our case, Kafka broker again, right? For multiple, for various stateful services, draining or shutting down clean is very important. So that's what uh, the, termina- the, the shutdown hooks and the nation-grace period is, can be used in, in Kubernetes. Um, Kafka is really, uh, you know, hungry when it comes to PeshCash. Uh, so we need to account for for that when provisioning the um, the memory, right? So in our case, uh, given given the request the budget, we we set we allocate only seventy percent uh, to to uh, to Kafka JVM. The rest goes to to the cache. So that's very important when you you know count the the whole need in terms of memory. Um, also, a very important, you need to account for other pods on Kubernetes node when that may potentially contend with uh, in terms of IO, right? So, as I said, Kubernetes is not yet considering the IO capacity. Um, and uh, one of the techniques was to over-provision, right? So Kafka pod is over provision in terms of resources, so it can take the, the whole node. That's really for extreme, uh, extreme uh, use cases where we really need total isolation. Uh, the, the slow disc may, may uh, you know may be an issue. Uh, the way we uh, solved it was to, of course, uh, you know, uh, instrument and monitor the, the core vitals of the disc, the latencies, and act on, uh, on them when, uh, when they occur. Um, the other one when it comes to autoscaler, I know we have a nice talk about autoscaling stateful set, but really quickly, in our case, we wanted to make sure that um, uh, Autoscaler right will not scale in uh, unless is very uh, is uh, is required. In our case, we can uh, we can label the Kafka pods with a label with a with a tag that says do not scale in unless really needed. Uh, there are other considerations depending on your platform. We are running. Uh, in our own platform called Ethos, uh, um, but uh, the operator may contend with other operators trying to auto-tune or optimize the the configured resources. So you need to be aware of other other operators running in in your cluster. Um, last uh, and a very very important item for for stateful services is. How the operator or how the, the, the workload is tolerant to the Kubernetes cluster maintenance. As you know, Kubernetes needs to be upgraded, uh, can be done via resources update, but also via full cluster updates where the nodes are really drained. To, for example, uh, uh, install a new version of Kubernetes, right? So stateful services really need to be uh, tolerant and cognizant of these operations, right? So having uh, a readiness prompt is very important, but also using pod disruption budget for us was the more elegant uh, way of signaling the, the budget, right? The disruption budget between our workloads and the platform uh, under, under it, right? So we we uh, we heavily use of of this uh, way of um, uh, you know sharing the the disruption uh, budget with the with the platform. Um, when it comes to data, right? Data is precious, right? So there are various way to ensure disaster recovery. In our case, we made use of. Uh, of the the global deployment of of our Kafka, right? So for us, the backup is really um, um, uh, an off-cluster backup, right? Where the data is shared with, or or is replicated across multiple sites. And in case of disaster, we can recover from from these remote sites. Um, Last but not least, metrics, right? For for us, uh, being able to operate and, uh, and optimize, uh, uh, ultimately revolved around metrics. Uh, we have everything as code from monitors, alerts, dashboards, and uh, we get notified whenever something goes wrong across the entire, uh, entire infrastructure. And with that, uh, thank you for, for, for listening.